Hey y'all, it's Danielle, and welcome to episode 37 of Ain't No Free Lunch. This week, Tykeen and I talk with, and not about, but with, two youth activists who are making major moves in their communities. Asia Good and Corey Stuckey are two 17-year-olds changing the world, and we're so here for it. From social justice to food justice, they're creating the solutions that we all want to see. All right, y'all, let's eat. We love. <laughs> uh, yes, we are. I'm super excited to be here with Tykeen, but also we have some extra special guests. Before we get to that, though, I wanted to just shout out WRIR 97.3 FM. We come on on Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Y'all, we big time. I feel very... <laughs> I feel very, very um, like a celebrity, you know? Am I a Richmond celebrity yet, Coop? <laughs> You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> wow, the disrespect. So we're going to move away I from I will that. say when we walked in today <laughs> that, um, so for those of y'all who've heard me on a couple other shows on the same channel, I shared that I grew a whole inch between my 30th oh my and 31st God. year. And I think I got taller because he I hit my head oh coming my in today, so... <laughs> He swears that he's Mr. gotten taller. Six one and counting. No, Mister <laughs> Six Foot, and then Six One when I put my shoes on. So I mean, don't I always right have shoes on? <laughs> okay, <laughs> then I might as well be Six One. Okay. <laughs> All right. So moving along, as you can hear from the chuckles in the background, we have two guests that we're really, really excited to have with us this week. We have, and I'll let them introduce themselves, but we have two youth organizers from the Richmond community who are just doing it really, really big. I mean, big enough that we made notice of it in, in the first place. And this isn't new to them. It is not. Yeah, it's not new to them. And that's kind of why Coop and I decided to really bring them in is because we feel like there's a lot of attention on what some of the older organizers are doing. And and, excuse me, some of them still identify (laughs) as youth organizers, but they have they have whole they've got grad (laughs) the season. But some of them have been I've noticed have identified themselves as youth organizers, but they have like two masks master's degrees, but you know, that's neither here nor there. But we do have two, two youths. Is that, no, youth underneath of the age of 18. If I did my I mean, calculations how you a right. you candidate? If you don't know. Listen, <laughs> listen, words can they words evolve. Matter, matter of fact, don't you study linguistics? I do. I do study right. linguistics, but particularly. You deers and fishes. Particularly, I study Ebonics. So let's not even go there. Okay. Cause I, I we can run it down. Right. But uh, I do want to give them some space to introduce themselves. So we have two youth organizers. We're going to let just give us your name, your age, obviously, where you go to school and what you've been what you've been doing. And we'll start with my Asia. And you can also share your relationship with to, to me specifically. Um, I guess. Is, am I going by Asia these days or my Asia? I, I mean, really no, I feel like the whole world calls you Asia. Yeah. And it's, it's I, I even texted you and was like, like, is this a thing? Like, it's, it's like, yeah, it's, okay. it's Asian now, I guess. Okay. Yeah. Asian Ever since dude. she changed her phone number, she's Asian. <laughs> <laughs> 
so, well, I know you as my Asia, yeah. but Asia, if you want to introduce yourself, first yeah. last name, all that other Ooh, stuff. Fancy. Yeah. So I'm Asia Good now. Mm-hmm. Um, 17. I go to open. I'm into plants and I do community garden work for Hillside, which is super fancy. Um <laughs> And y'all, Miss Green know me by Miss Green. Do they know you? They know you by Miss Green, I guess now. Yeah, they do. They know I'm Miss Green. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Green was my civics teacher in what was that, like eighth? Eighth grade. grade? Eighth grade. The Whoa. year that Donald Trump got elected, <laughs> I was your fearless leader. <laughs> eighth grade. And then Takeem, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, for the shade. Right, right. Yeah. Takeem. I don't know. We just be in the mix, honestly, at this point. Mm-hmm. That's that's really what it is. I guess that's me. That's me then. I just yeah. did it. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you, Asia. Um, I'm going to try. And, and But if I slip up, you know, it's, it's from a place of and love. she slips up, call you Danielle. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh no, no. We know that's not the same thing. <laughs> All right. And we have Corey with us. So, Corey, do you want to go ahead and, and introduce yourself? My name is Corey Stuckey, and um, I go to George with. I'm 17 as well. I guess I'm just like a, a freedom fighter, if you want to call it that. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Um, yeah, it would just be, I'd be mar- marching and protesting and, you know, fighting against the suppressed and, you know, just doing what I got to do. One of the founders of 381 Movement and stuff, so we just, we making some noise in the right places. So tell our listeners what 381 Movement is. 381 Movement is 381 days worth of peaceful protesting. It stemmed across from the Martin Luther King bus boycott in Montgomery, and basically he, they boycotted the bus system for 381 days. And we saw that movement, and they did that movement without any, like, technology, anything. It was just word to mouth. Mm. And we saw how powerful and how impactful that system was and that, that movement was. So we basically picked up his torch from when Martin Luther King has passed away and we basically just started running with it. Like So now we just changed it around to being 381 days of peaceful protesting and fighting against the, our legislators and the people that's trying to suppress black people. What day y'all on? We on, um, this is day 15 for us. Okay. Hey. Of, of you all as an organization. Yeah, for organization. Okay, so... No, so go ahead. While but I, can, I, can I just add something in there, though? Did you hear her say, go ahead, and then it's kind of Yeah, okay. You know what? Whatever. <laughs> um, as, as a history teacher, so with your—I'm really into, like, you calling it the 381 movement, but Matt, might I add a suggestion? Yes. Can we add in the name Joanne Gibson Robinson when you talk about MLK in the march? Because she was the one that did all of the groundwork, mm. all of the paper. We could talk about that offline. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, it was ML- MLK. He, you know, he was in it, but he— he kind of, you know, he showed up, but Joanne Gibson Robinson was like the woman on the ground who, like, you said, no social media, no anything, all the flyers, every, all the word getting out, all of the political advocacy. That was her. So we'll, we'll just add her, you know, <laughs> slide it on there. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, so one of the things that we are super impressed by is just how much noise, disruption, like, you know, the what John Lewis calls like good trouble that you both have made in and around the city. And so, I want to go back to you, Corey, and one of the reasons why we really decided to invite you is because we loved the fact that your organization was doing groundwork in spaces that wasn't just like the main locale. 
Right. So I'm sure to our listeners who are listening from California, who are listening from Georgia, et cetera, in, in Richmond, there's been a lot of attention and really kind of the center of the movement in terms of like a home base has been around the Robert E. Lee monument in, in Richmond, Virginia. And there's been a lot of positivity with that. There's also been a lot of critique with that. But one of the things that I found to be so, so powerful was that you all were showing up in, you you know, the projects and, you know what I'm saying? And creating good disruption there, not to say that that's, you know, their fault, but inviting them into your movement instead of expelling them out or placing the onus on them to find a way to, to, to get to y'all. So could you talk to me a little bit about like why you all were making those decisions rather than just, you know, carrying it to where white folks live? I mean, it's all, it's all about, it's all about the community. And we feel like, why just march where all the white people live at and they're all supporting us and got their face on the camera? I mean, we love the white support, but at the end of the day, we got to show our own people that it's, they, mm-hmm. they shouldn't be scared to come out their homes anymore. So we go, we march and we protest everywhere. It's not just, oh, we're going to the projects or we're staying at the Monument. We're going right. down Monument Ave, downtown. No, we, we, we go everywhere because we're trying to make sure that we can unify all the people that want to fight against what's going on. Yeah, I think that's that's beautiful. I just I hadn't seen it happening and if I had if I missed it y'all my bad but I thought that that was mm. that was amazing that it was like you were really bringing it to everybody and making it very accessible to everyone and so that was just something that was just really striking for me with all the white people using their white privilege to suppress the voices they supposed to be putting on platforms I'm sure you did miss it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah exactly <laughs> you said so, it beautifully yeah. like there there are a lot of people who are censoring white voices at this time by and kind of like pretending that they're being led by black people or putting black people on on pedestals when, you know, the people who are pulling their levers are actually white people who want to be assaged of their white guilt. And so I just I was really impressed by by the fact that that's not what was happening with with y'all's. (laughs) <laughs> what I've been really impressed about with the work that you all are doing is that um, from observing both of you and working with Asia over the past few months, y'all aren't new to this. So, you know, in some places, I think people are just like they're turning up right now and like we welcome them. But you all have consistently been doing this work. So kudos to y'all for like also demonstrate now, but kudos to the work that you all have been doing like long before Mm -hmm. this movement over the past uh, five weeks at this point. Yeah. So Asia, can you tell us a little bit about what you, what you've been doing and, and what the work that you've been doing with, I don't know, what is it? Plant justice. I think the move now (laughs) is to just put justice behind whatever word you don't like. I think the wave is food justice. (laughs) Okay. Food. There we go. Food justice. I am vegan. I don't know why I don't like that title, but I'm vegan. I, I feel like there's like bad connotation, but um, <laughs> whatever. Um, I'm vegan, and you know, in the projects, ain't no vegan food in the project. <laughs> Girl, you die before you get some food in the projects for that. <laughs> um, so you know, I was like, you know what? Why we can't bring no veggies to the ghetto? I and, mean. And then, boom, I went to, what did I go to? City Hall, and then I connected with a few people, and then Duran. Um, Deron, I say his last, yeah, I say his last name wrong all the time. He hooked me up with like all the supplies and stuff, and then we kind of went from there and just made a community garden in Hillside, the ghetto. So, yeah. yeah, that's the mission. I I think that's so beautiful, right? Because I <laughs> I remember when we were working 
it, you know, when I'm your teacher, you were my student, um, and the conversations that you were having because you were really curious about like one veganism, uh, not veganism, vegetarianism at mm-hmm. the time. You were, I remember you being like, I don't really like meat, but what else I'm supposed to eat? Yeah, because <laughs> like, no, for real, like, I get a freaking donut before I get anything that's supposed to make my body keep going. Right. Like, it's it's real ghetto if I do say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, you know, they be trying to style folks in the ghetto. Like, we ain't got to eat, too. But I'm I'm minding my business on it. You're not minding your business, though. And that's (laughs) that's what I love. And, like, I mean, you know, we're millennials. Y'all are Gen Z. And one of the things that I'm really, really impressed by, by your generation, is, like, how much y'all don't just mind your business. Mm -hmm. Right. Right? You didn't just say, like, oh, my goodness, I live in a food desert and people don't care about this. But you did, like, I remember you did, like, a science project on, like, Mm -hmm. soil. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know yes. the actual, but like how, how you actually can't grow things mm-hmm. where you live and how that's intentional. And then you took that and you said, okay, I still don't have any food to eat. So let me take this to city hall, mm-hmm. you know, and I connected with people. And now there's a whole community garden in Hillside Court. Yeah. You could have really just minded your business and not did anything. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's, that's something that, we're inspired by and because you know that's part of what we do on our podcast is we look towards being solutions oriented at the end of every podcast our listeners know we come up with things like what are some small steps that you can do to transitioning a little bit I'm curious about like where and when you all registered that it had to be you right like it's kind of like if not me then who and I, and I want to know, like, where is that trajectory? When did, when did that start? When did you say, like, okay, I can wait for somebody else to do this or I could just do it myself? Dang, my stomach told me <laughs> I was hungry. <laughs> Man, my mom ain't had no car. I love that lady, but she ain't had no car. She couldn't get me to no stove. Mm-hmm. I had to make a stove. <laughs> and the people were trying to feed me. And, you know, I mean, like, I feel like when you live in those circumstances, it's more so like you've never seen anything else. It's not that you don't want something else. You've never seen anything mm-hmm, else. Mm-hmm. So the fact that I was blessed enough to, like, see something else and to be able to have that in my mind, it was kind of like, oh, now I see it, now I got to do it. Because it would be an injustice to myself. Mm-hmm. Forget everything else, myself. I'm hungry. I need to go get it. So yeah. that's kind of where that came in. Yeah. Respect. Corey? Definitely. Um, with me, I don't know. It was just, i just be laying down, watching old movies and stuff. And I'd be like, <laughs> why was it so easy for them to do that? Why can't nobody else do it now? And I was always like the talkative person in school, like to be the class clown and stuff, you mm-hmm. know. So it was like, I always had that center of attention. I was always good with communicating with people. So it was like, I mean, why not? And it was like, I just watched all that was going on. I was like, it's crazy how many people now are trying to take a stand for what's going on. I was like, that's crazy. So it was like, I've been doing it for a while. So I might as well just like, you know, get up and do something. Got to say something. So my first day went out to the monument, I was wearing a suit. And that was a mistake. It was like 98 degrees outside. <laughs> I was out there dying. Everybody was looking at me like, who is this kid? I got up there, and the first thing I said was, we're not doing this right. And everybody looked at me like I was stupid. <laughs> and I was like, nah. So then I started just saying some real stuff, met some, connected with some people, met some more people, and then, you know, just started something up. And it's like, got to keep going, because not only am I fighting for myself now, I'm fighting for all the other thousands of people that want us to speak up. What did you mean when you said that y'all weren't doing it right? Do you remember? When I said we weren't doing it right, I walked up to the monument and it was um, 
people bashing on somebody's car, like right parked by the monument. Okay. And I was like, we're not doing it right. I was like, y'all, y'all breaking the, y'all own community. I was like, y'all blowing up the own businesses that y'all shop at. I was like, we're we not doing it right. I was like, if y'all want to really tear something up, I was like, yo, let's take down the whole foundation of what this country is supposedly built off of because it wasn't built for us. So let's destroy that. Let's not destroy the businesses and destroy our hometown, which we live at. Let's destroy everything else that which our white suppressors or our government stands for. Let's destroy that. I destroy ourselves. <laughs> we ain't doing it right. Yeah, I I wonder also. Man, you need to put that on t shirt. <laughs> I mean, Corey, one of the things that I also liked about what what you've done is I've noticed on your Instagram page you talk to your followers. Right, I've been all up and down. I know. You. Oh my goodness! It's so creepy. Wow. Um, but <laughs> that's why I think Instagram. I found you. Yeah, you know what I mean? I don't even have an Instagram page, but I'm. Oh, so you was stalking, stalking. <laughs> I was stalking, stalking. Um, but one of the things that I did really like is that uh, you talk immediately to your followers, and I have to assume that your followers are not like. 30-year-olds. They're not, you know what I'm saying? They're, Why are you pointing that he's like? I mean, we're both 30. I mean, excuse me, he's 32. Oh, and wow. I am 30. Wow. But I have to assume that, like, you're the the vast majority of your, your followers aren't, like, us, right? Like, they're so your peers. They're, they're your peers. And so I, I'm curious how you have worked to, like, engage the people that, you know, Gen Zers, like other people like you, to be a, a part of this movement. Because it seems like, per your Instagram, you've been <laughs> talking to your followers, your peers, since far before, before five weeks ago. Um, so how, how have you been thinking about engaging your peers and being a part of this movement? When it, when it comes to that topic, I like to engage my peers in anything that could better themselves. So engaging them in a movement at which we should know about just happened to just fall in that position. I mean, I like, I've been talking to my peers and talking to younger kids since like I moved down here. And I've been down here for about three years and a half now. And the first thing I did when I got down here was I went and started like this program, like this little small nonprofit. And it's like, it basically was directed towards athletes in general, like trying to make athletes a, a better person in society because most athletes like to smoke and drink and just care about playing basketball and football, don't really care about their grades and stuff. I thought that was dumb. I, was like, <laughs> I mean, I thought it was dumb, your grades, but... Your grades still got to get you in school, so you got to care about it either way. So I started a business called Collateral Sports, and I started connecting like athletes with like educational tutors and tutoring mm. to myself. And since that stemmed off, a lot of people were like, hey, you're doing it. You're doing the right thing. Now that's real smart. You're changing people's lives. And as I saw, I was changing kids' lives slowly but surely. I was like, why am I just doing with athletes? Let me start expanding more. Let me help females. Let me help the older generation. Let me help everybody. So now when I speak, I just I speak to a broad topic and a broad term for everyone to understand. So on my Instagram, I just like to put videos there. My friends will hit me up and be like, hey, yo, speak about relationships. I'll be like, I got you. you know, <laughs> go ahead and make a little five, six-minute video going there talking. You know, they repost it, sharing and stuff. And I just, you know, I say whatever. I say how I feel. I can cry on there, do whatever I want. I don't care. People be like, oh, take that post down. You was crying. I don't need nobody to see you crying. Let them see me crying. Let them see that I'm for real about it. Like, come on now. I was like, we got to be transparent with each other nowadays. You can't keep hiding behind a, a shadow on a wall anymore. So kind of to pivot here a little bit, there's been a lot of discussion around the country about removing school resource officers. I just wanted to hear from you all here today, whether your thoughts on it, um, on police and schools, school resource officers. As people who are in school right now. Right. Let me, I can't stand the police. I'm sorry. <laughs> Let me get the air clear. I can't stand them folks. But um, 
I don't like why. First of all, let's be for real. The schools that be getting police are the black and brown schools. The ones that like SOL scores, testing scores are down the toilet mm-hmm. and they treat them like where they're going to push them into prisons. That's what they treat them like. I go to open. Half those kids is white. More than half, probably. I ain't never seen a police officer even walk in that Because you haven't always been at open. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I, I've never. But when I was at George Wood for that ninth grade year. When you was at Bouchon. That's when I'm, I've seen so many police officers there. I, why are you policing these kids? Like, they in prison already. Like, you going to get them a chance or no? Like, <laughs> dang, that, that's annoying. And then to, why are you putting people who not going to guide them in there, but the people who they need to guide them to get them to the next step, you're taking out. You just want them to fail. What are you doing? So when they act like what you treat them like, now you're looking confused. You, know, you knew. <laughs> you, you knew when you did that. Ghetto. <laughs> Ghetto was Asia, one of Asia's favorites. Corey, what do you think? With me, I mean, like like Asia said, I don't mess with 12. Like, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. like the police. So when it comes to school systems, I'm like, why well, have an officer in school, but you don't ever got real guidance counselors in school? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like they waste money. Matter of fact, they don't waste money because, like Asia said, they know what they're doing. They put the money in the wrong places so kids are, are lined up to fail. And mm-hmm. then get mad or get confused when the people that were lined up to fail actually succeed. And it's, it's real crazy. I, mean, I hate the fact that they want to make sure that everyone is in the same spot and everybody's down. It's like, come on now. It's crazy to me. So when I say, when I, people here say take school on um, police officers out of schools, I'm f- all for it. Like, forget 12. I can't say the other word, but forget 12. <laughs> um, yeah, all that. Like, I don't, they don't need to be in schools. We need real guidance counselors. Because like, like Asia said, they treating them like prisoners. And then that's exactly where they're going to end up at. And now they're trying to figure out, oh, my God, what can we do to help schools out? Or let's give schools funding. What you going to do, fund the kids full of kids? I'm fund the school full of kids that you're going to send to prison? Come on now. It, doesn't, it don't make no sense to me now. So, yeah, officers out of school, that's, that's my stance. Officers out of school, officers out of school. Yeah, yeah. I, I also I'm I'm curious because the uh, just to like the devil doesn't need any any advocates, but just to play the devil's advocate. So when people say like, because you know, take resource officers out of schools, then the question becomes, well, then who is responsible for when students fight? I'm not saying I agree with this. Mm-hmm. I just want to know, like, let's fully flesh out your thoughts, right? What what do you see as the solution? What do you see as the replacement? Where do we spend that money when we no longer have a contract with mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z? What, what changes would you like to see be made in lieu of having police in schools? Um, for me... For specifically having the experience to go to both ver- like versions of the schools, like I've been to WIF and then I went to Open. Which can you tell our audience the difference? Because you know, yes. again, we got people from everywhere. So George WIF is I, it's the not, neighborhood school. Yeah, it's just a neighborhood school. And what are the demographics of WIF? Uh, it's probably black and uh, is the Latinx is the mm-hmm. proper term. Mm-hmm. Um, Majority black and Latinx, and then um, overwhelming majority. Over what? Like busting at the seams. The school is also over. The school is also overcrowded. Yes. Um, And then open would be a specialty school where you have to apply, and they they have more funding. People look at them when they like to show off Richmond. Mm -hmm. That's the type of school it is. But specifically having both those those experiences, I've noticed that at open, where the test scores are cute, and people don't have to get their hands dirty to, like, actually help people. No shade to them. I love them, but it's shade right now. But, um... (laughs) They have programs. I, they have a beekeeping program. Uh-huh. They, like, do stuff throughout the city of Richmond, like, walking out to schools and classrooms and stuff. 
But like these kids, I'm not saying that kids don't shouldn't do that wherever they are, but like they can see these things on their own. But the kids who don't have that option, why are you not pouring funding into with having a beekeeping program, with doing like all these different things? The resources you're spending to pay off these these cops or whoever could be put into that. They wouldn't have time to fight if they had something to do all day and you didn't treat them like mindless human beings. Corey, are you in the beekeeping club at with? Did- the imaginary one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so you, you see like putting the, the resources, like kind of pulling away from what we do that's punitive Mm -hmm. into things that are more preventative is what I'm hearing. Not to mention that schools are not equipped to like house people actually trying to make it in the human world. Mm. It's like this weird matrix of like giving people busy work for like years straight to just do nothing at the end. Oh yeah. So like. Say more please. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't even know what taxes look like. Um, I can't you'll budget. Know, you'll know soon. <laughs> I can't budget to save my life. School would probably never teach me that based on the way it is. Why are there no programs to do that? Like, why are there no programs to function as a human being, an adult in the human world? Yeah. It's real sad. <laughs> oh, it is. Trust and believe. As as someone. The things that you're saying are exciting to us. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, like, one thing that we've always talked about is that Unfortunately, so many people talk at you all mm-hmm. and don't really ever engage you. And so, like, we're thankful that you all are here and sharing your perspective. Our goal is to amplify your voices as mm-hmm. much as possible. Absolutely. And uh, one of the things that I'm really curious about is if there's, like, one thing that's really at the top of your list, right? Something tangible that you would like to see change. And it can be in the city of Richmond. It can be in the state of Virginia. It can be in the whole wide world. Or right? an RPS. Or an RPS, right, which is Richmond Public Schools. What what would be kind of, like, tip top of your list? And and we understand that it's, like, putting you on the spot at this moment. And you might, you know, walk out of here. say he ready. You know. <laughs> But I was just saying, you know, even if you walk out of here, just something that's just really high for you that you want to see that's that's tangibly changed or a tangible thing that you would like to see happen. So, you gonna go first? Corey, you ready? You ready? ready? Oh, he got a no. list. Right, so, like, he ready to go hard. So me, I'm definitely am, definitely am. Me, because I had this, I had this theory last night when I was mad about some stupid thing that happened on Instagram. I was just mad, and I was like. It's a lot of people, a lot of black people that got a seat of a pedestal of power. And like like a lot of like, let's say all our rappers now, like, yeah, like Maristonia, all our rappers, people that got all these followers on social media that are like teaching our next generation the wrong things. Mm-hmm. Like I was into a rap song the other day and I was like, this rap, yeah, it's a turnt song, but it ain't teaching nobody nothing but how to be a gangster. <laughs> like, like the, the realest rap song I've heard lately was a song by Lil Baby. Um, I don't know the name of it. Greatest, greatest something. I see that. Yeah, it's that, good. That's, that's the realest song I've heard lately. Because not only did uh, he explain why he is the way he weighs, haven't heard. It's it. just like you got it. You got to listen to it. Like he explained why he come up, came up with um, rapping about drugs and stuff like that because he had no other choice. And now since he has that stance, he's gonna make that's a change. The wave. Exactly. That's the that's the wave now. But now now these rappers like let's say like Six Nine and Cardi uh-huh. B. Like I, I love like I love me some Cardi B. But like she shouldn't be on Instagram teaching females how to act like women, women, women. Well, teaching back. women how to act a donkey. Like, she should basically be, you know, teaching them how to vote and teaching them how to respect themselves, love themselves. Like, they got to see the power. Like, why not make a change? Like, you up there now, mm-hmm. make a change. And I was looking at the numbers, too. This is my big change right now. And this, I just had to beat around the bush, but this is my change right now. That I looked at the semantics last night, and it's like 25% of the world makes 
more money than the other 75%. Uh-huh. Those are all the people that's worth about more than $1.5 million. Mm-hmm. And that's people like LeBron James, people like 6 9 people like Cardi B, people like that. If they were to split their worth in half, there would be no such thing as poverty. Oh, so we're getting into the things that I like to talk about with uh, (laughs) universal basic income, democratic socialism. There are some big words on that. But yeah, okay, we're... We'll talk. We'll talk. <laughs> that's where I be at wow, too. That's so fancy. I'm I'm probably not gonna be as impressive as that. I mean, I'll say what I've been thinking. I mean, tell me but, what you've been um, thinking. Whatever you say is impressive. So I, I'm gonna speak into the universe and encourage myself because if I say it, then I have to do it. Yes, but, yes, um, yes. Facts. And we can hold <laughs> exactly. If I say it, then I gotta do it. I feel like the dumbest thing that I've ever seen in my life. Humans have to eat. There's no legislation. In order, in, in place to say that there's a certain standard of how many stores there should be producing or giving to the masses an affordable amount of fresh foods. Why is there no legislation saying it? Mm. Why? I don't get it. There are people starving. The other day I went um, by Lucky, the tattoo shop, and there were people in the middle of the street, hungry, hot, and thirsty. Mm-hmm. There's no affordable store. You talking about Lucky right here? Yes. Anywhere. <laughs> And nobody's telling people that they got to do it, so they're not going to do it. What are you doing, America? Yeah, we do. Nothing. Nothing. And that's the thing. (laughs) Because, you know, this is me going on my own tangent, but, like, that's that's the false notion of meritocracy, right? That you just get places by working Mm -hmm. hard. So if you don't have, it's because you don't work hard. Mm -hmm. It's because you aren't, you're you're not as worthy as other people because you haven't done the things that other people have been doing without, you know, understanding that there's nepotism. Mm -hmm. Half of these people are born on third base and just, you know, either you, you hit that home run or you go back to first. But I think that a lot of times this notion that people get where they get purely by the work off of their back and being like mm-hmm. being hard workers is what allows us to have no legislation that mandates that people shouldn't should have affordable yeah. food because they they basically think that if they had worked hard and made better life choices in the past then they wouldn't so be stupid. in this situation so it's all their fault and so I like the way that you're thinking about that because it's digging into this like understanding of universal humanity and dignity and it doesn't matter what choices you make and who you are and where you came from you all we all deserve the baseline up for survival Mm -hmm. so that you know that's impressive i'm here okay (laughs) let me know in like 20 what i'm gonna give you 20 20 how long you want where's the check-in i don't even know on this one okay we'll we'll do we'll do a preliminary check-in in five years okay okay 2025 right right. we'll 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 move on from calendar okay let's do it (laughs) so danielle yes what's your one thing Ooh, what is my... And I asked the question, right? That's not cute. Um, (laughs) (laughs) The one thing that I would like to see changed right now would be to see schools that are no longer segregated based on socioeconomic status Mm -hmm. and race. And that's Say that again for the people in Richmond. Ri- uh, we need to rezone <laughs> Richmond, but that's not just Richmond. That's like a national, national thing, phenomenon, right. right? You know, if 80% of black children in public schools go to high poverty schools, mm. 80%, that's enormous. The schools now are more racially segregated and in part socioeconomically segregated than they were prior to Brown versus Board of Education mm-hmm. because we have this mess with redlining and under, you know, housing and all of that other stuff. I think there's just so much to be had if we have schools that are no longer, it does not matter what you look like or where you come from without having to put in, let me, let me, I'm not advocating for charters. I am not advocating for vouchers.
teachers. I am advocating for rezoning policies and housing policies that make things equitable for people so that we can have students who are going to schools that meet all of their needs that and every child, every need. Mm-hmm. Um, so starting with Richmond, let's rezone this. Let's let's knock it. Like, our line's already funky, so we can, <laughs> we can go back and redraw them. The funkier, the better, as long as what we're doing is making sure that things that are, are racially and socioeconomically no longer segregated. That's how we get to a better world in mm-hmm. my head right now. That's a word right there. All right. What about you, Coop? How are you going to ask me the question? <laughs> <laughs> so... You know, I think the things that keep me up at night, I guess a short way of saying this is I'd really like some political candidates or legislators to pick up that family and community agenda that was developed by Tykeen Cooper. (laughs) 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 And just make it their own. Like, I, I joke about that it was developed by me. Like, I don't really care. Steal it, whatever you have to do. But I think that gives us. Like that's a starting point for us to really look at redefining wealth in these places. Right. Like I read a statistic that said that a child, a family that has a savings account for a child that reaches five hundred dollars by the time the child's 18 years old. That child is three times as likely to go to college, uh, four times as likely to graduate from college. Just $500. Dang. $500 savings. $500 is paying for nobody's college education. (laughs) (laughs) It is is not paying. It's paying for like a half a semester worth of books. And so like redefining and and investing in community wealth, workforce development, education. Like I hear tenets of... A whole child initiative mm. um, from from things like Asia was talking about, like, yeah, they're teaching us things that we may not ever really learn or things that aren't applicable to to my life. Right. So it kind of goes back to this thing. And I think Richmond Public Schools is in the pandemic has really highlighted this need. Mm-hmm. But you come to school and they're like, oh, you need to learn for this SOL, not because we want you to learn and not because we're developing critical thinking. We want you to learn. But if I'm hungry, like, oh, if I heard gunshots all night and and I haven't been able to process that, but y'all just like, here, this is objective. 15.7 the SOL, like, you need to learn this today. And so, like, that's frustrating to me. And so I understand how schools are funded with testing right now. So, like, that's something else you can talk about if you want to look at testing and how mm-hmm. you uh, release funds because of testing. But I think it's critical for us to really start looking at developing students holistically and not mm-hmm. just academically. Like, how do you process things socially and teaching, think, teaching students things about economics, right? Like, you know, Asia says she's struggling with budgeting. We got a solution for that. <laughs> but, but, like, on, on a macro scale... Like, how do we serve someone? Like, how do we serve students who are in that same situation? Because you aren't alone. And there are a whole lot of our peers. Mm-hmm, who can't budget right now. And, and you know, who, who turn up. And then when the six of the month come, they're like, we ain't got rent. <laughs> and, and so, like, how do we help prepare you all so you are in that same situation? So you can have fun, mm-hmm. but you also understand, like, these are my priorities. And this is what I need to do. How can people... Um 
help you all get to where you want to be or your your goals like outside of like you know what i'm saying like funding do you need somebody to come down and pull weeds at your community garden do you need somebody <laughs> who is going to help you organize multiple you know protests on another day or run your social media account like what what are the ways that you you think that your movements the things that you've been working on could could best be helped and say whatever you really need no yo. seriously though the girls are going to need some money. The girls <laughs> is trying to start a program for the kids in Hillside to sustain the garden. Because, like, who cares about a garden that's for there for two seconds and not going to keep going? The girls need money for a program for, like, whatever that encompasses transportation for the program. Because community garden or not, kids are still hungry because they can't get to the store. Right. Programs to teach people how to garden and make food because mm-hmm. America don't like brown people and they be trying to starve us. And, you know, the girls need money. <laughs> I mean, that's real, though. If yeah. what you need is money, that's what you need. Yes. Yeah. So let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. The food that you have mm-hmm. that you cultivate, mm-hmm. the crops that you cultivate, do you sell them or is it available for everyone? So the this is so cute. I was just writing out a program plan thingy and <laughs> I was like. We can give food to people, but like SS can go to like farmer's market and then make us more money to keep going. So that's like the trajectory of what I'm thinking. And if someone wants to donate to you, since you say the girl needs money. yeah, you're right. Do you have a website, a PayPal, anything? The girls are working on that. Okay, so how do people contact you if they say? Is there an email address? There is an email address. Matter of fact, if you all contact us. We will get the money to Asia. Ain't no free lunch podcast at gmail.com at ain't no free lunch on Twitter. And we will make sure the money money gets to Asia. Asia. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Corey, what about you? We need everything. Like, <laughs> we need your support. We need your money. Need your time. We need your walkie-talkie. <laughs> signs. We need your feet. We need everything. My feet be hurting, so I might need somebody else to walk for me. Yeah, sometimes. no, I feel you. But like, um, most of all, though, I feel like, like generally, like we really need your support. And if you can support by coming out to sing, to come out to sing. If you can support by donating some money, donate some money. If you can support by doing anything, we like to utilize all talents because not only is all voice heard. All talent should be heard as well mm-hmm. and seen as well. So whatever your talents are, whatever you could tr- contribute, just contribute. Like our website is 3D1Movement.org.com. Either one you look up, take it to the same place. Okay. And, <laughs> you just go there, hit the donate now button and go what you got to do. It has a list of ways you can donate or a list of things you can donate mm-hmm. or just a list of ways you can be involved and get involved with the program. Y'all fancy. Excellent. That's excellent. We're going to get you there, though. <laughs> We're going to get you there. We're going to get you a .com and a .org. The problem is technology. I really just, it ain't it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's funny uh, coming from somebody uh, up from Gen Z where every, technology is everything for y'all She right definitely now. don't like technology. <laughs> yeah, so, so I was talking to Asia about something a few weeks ago, and she was like, you know, I sent like 20 emails. I was like, Asia, you don't even email. <laughs> she was like, the girls have been getting into it. She, she said, this was important to me, so I had to. <laughs> she, like, she really does not care no. about her phone. Like, she does did not. all the time. All the no, time. We know. <laughs> That's me. We know. All the time. Oh, then she'll leave it in the car no, for a whole for week. Real. It's bad. I remember, one time, <laughs> I remember one time we was in this program together, and I asked, I said, I texted you this morning. She said, I don't know where that phone is. I haven't seen <laughs> Don't know her. <laughs> she is gone. She left the, the anti-Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so what are some, as we wrap up, uh, one of the things I am curious about is like, what do you think is next for, for your generation, for your peers? Um, it doesn't even have to be writ large. It can be like Gen Z, like across the nation, or it can be like, you know, what happens when you go back to open? What happens when you go back to with, if you go back? <laughs> <laughs> Coronavirus. <laughs> exactly. So hey, before we go there, okay. I, I do okay. have one other question mm-hmm. I want to ask you all. What are your thoughts on statues? So, of mm, course, this week we're starting to see statues being removed in Richmond. Like, so tell us just very briefly what are your thoughts on the statues being removed? Is it largely symbolic for you, or like, does it, does it feel something? liberating? Like, just, I'm sick and tired of being tired. Who said that? Fannie Lou Hamer, somebody? Fannie Lou Hamer, indeed. Sick yes, a, a disabled sick. black woman from from the south. I just, I, I get it, but at the same time, we're advocating to take down statues of people who don't like us, won't like us. It's going to keep not liking us. Like, statues is not changing the fact that I'm black, still oppressed, America still ain't for me. I need more. I need way more, in fact. Like, that's cute, but, like, I need way more. Stoney trying to be cute for me so I won't, like, boot him out of office and will reelect him, maybe. Like, it's not enough for me. Like, I... I I need legislation. I need people to really care about black people, not just for Instagram. Like, I need a little bit more, like a lot more. It's ghetto. (laughs) (laughs) Corey, what do you think? For me, I'm I'm on the same page as Asia. Just just a little bit tweaked out, just a little Mm -hmm. bit tweaked out. I mean, me personally, I don't care about the statues. (laughs) And, like, I just say that because they're, like, a living testimony of that, the fact that lies are still there. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, just because that's somebody else's lie doesn't mean that it's my truth. So I look at the statue that I walk by, and it gives me a purpose to still fight because it's like I'm still fighting because they still got this dumb statue right here mm-hmm. praising him. Like, it's like you can't praise yeah. me or you can't praise other people as well. So I don't care about the statues. I like the fact that everybody's energy is, is actually yeah. for something because having the statue there and having them run to take it down is getting more people out of their houses because right. that's what they really think it is. Mm-hmm. However, it's not. So my thing right now is, yeah, take them down. Take them down, leave them up, do whatever you need to do. Yeah. But I need, I need people to understand that it's not just a statue that we're trying to take down as well. Yeah. We're trying to take down all these broken systems. Well, aren't broken. They're working perfectly fine. But mm. we're trying to take down all these systems that aren't really for us. So not only are we fighting against the statues or fighting against our legislators, our systems, but I just want people to really realize that the statues will come down. Mm-hmm. However, we'll still be fighting. Ooh, that one. You know what? America got this way of like giving us the congratulations before we actually do anything. Okay. Like, okay. the movement still need to go. Like, we didn't, we barely just dipped our toe in the water. Like, you you got it backwards. Like, the statues should come down when all of everything, the oppression and all of that is gone. Why we exactly. just start out with that? Well, that's uh, I was talking to my homeboy this morning, Alex, and he said because we were talking about the NFL playing the playing the, the black national anthem before every like game during week one, and uh, I think like, it's supposed to be for the entire season. Oh, I thought it's it was just be. week one. Oh, it's the entire season, whatever. But <laughs> um, I was talking to him um, in, in a group chat, and he basically was just like, "Listen." That's just like me cheating on my girl, and she asked me like. Stop cheating on me, <laughs> and I'm like, nah. But I'm gonna buy you this nice, like, this nice watch, <laughs> right? He was like, thank you for the gift, but also that's not what I asked. That's never been what I asked. So, just to return to the last question before we wrap this up, what what do you want to see from your generation moving moving forward? I, uh, I, you know, I don't want to call nobody old. I really think that a lot of people think that it's like, oh, like I can't per se like this is literally the generation of like 
speaking something on Instagram and it morphing into something in life. Oh, yeah. If we just, like, stop, like, being in the mindset of, like, oh, it's not possible, like, we live, breathe every day, and it's something that could kill us every day, and we do it every day. That in itself is just, like, mind-blowing. You can do it. Like, if if you didn't think you could, it definitely could come to life. A million things are possible. Just do it. Like, stop being scared. Like, it's people really dying. Like, it's time for you to stop being chicken. <laughs> it's really time to just stop. Corey? Me, I just... I just I just want my peers to just stay woke, like just stay up, cause like it's a lot of things that we can do. Like Asia just says, a lot of things that we can do. We we ain't gonna be able to really understand that until we go out there and do them. So it's like you know, stop focus, stop mentally enslaving each other, like, mm-hmm. cause that that's what we tend to do: mentally enslave each other and, and mentally limit each other. Stop. Mm-hmm. Let's stop doing that. Let's start to bring each other up. If you can't do it, somebody else can't get with that mm-hmm. person. Now both of y'all can do it. So it's like my biggest thing for the youth is just yo get together and make some real change. That's be the, the one. Be the change. Be the change that you wanted to see in yourself. Mm-hmm, that's the one. I am so excited. I feel so inspired. <laughs> um, I, I I think we're both just super, super grateful that you all came in to share with us and our listeners like what you're doing and all of the power that you hold and the ways that you're using that power in very particular ways that are really going to like just change the world, not just change Richmond, not just change Virginia, but genuinely change the world. I fully anticipate that we're going to have some legislation <laughs> that's got us right. You know what I'm saying? I fully anticipate that we're going to have a movement that really, really starts looking at the root of the issue and not just looking at these surface level things. Mm-hmm. I think, and usually we ask each other this question, but Coop, I think we could say that we definitely ate today. Like, I mean, Asia and Corey did at the very least. <laughs> Mostly just ask questions. <laughs> yeah, um, this is a little bit different from any show I think we've ever had, but I've enjoyed it. Like, thank you all so much for being part of this. But more so, thank you for the work that you're doing. And we look forward to to supporting you in, in more ways than one. So you're always welcome to come on Ain't No Free Lunch as well. Absolutely. How- Y'all ain't going to be here, but I'll be here. The oh, room. my <laughs> Uh, just really quickly, how can people contact you? Ooh, y'all is ghetto. Do I even know? I just started this little Instagram again. Hold up. <laughs> okay, Corey, how can people contact you? <laughs> um, my personal Instagram is underscore Corey Stuckey, C-O-R-E-Y-S-T-U-C-K-E-Y. And our movement's Instagram is also 381 Movement. And it's like you can contact us on there or anything else like that. Um yeah, that's the best way to get in contact with me. Wow, the girls started the Instagram like maybe last week for, <laughs> for a program that I had to do, but you guys totally can reach me here. Um, my at is a revolutionary. That is R E V O L U dot T I O N A R Y, and that's me. Thanks again so much for listening. Uh, Again, we are super grateful to WRIR 97.3 FM for letting us use the studio. Thank you to Asia. Thank you to Corey. Coop, I see you every week. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening.